0: So again, for anybody who's listening on podcast, we have, uh, we're doing Kirk Cameron's Engage and um, five practical lessons for raising your kids in a social media generation. Um, we've done an overview the first night, and then last night, we've done Understanding Your Child's Mind, and then uh, tonight, we're on the spiritual battle, the spiritual battle. So, good video. Actually, both of them were good, I felt. Um, One of the things that I really liked about the video that they brought out was, um, why would the devil be threatened by our children? All right, Why is there a target on our children? And we're going to go into depth about that tonight, but some of the things that was brought out was that, the enemy is like a predator, he is a predator, looking for the weakest link. The predator looks and see who's most vulnerable and what will take the less amount of energy, uh, what is the highest percentage if there's someone who's wounded, if there is a you know a small animal uh, rather than a full-grown animal, then that becomes the number one target. So vulnerability has a lot to do with it. Uh, once, you're, once you're already established in the Lord, you know, then it's not that big of a deal, uh, or it is a, it, it's a lot harder for the enemy to come in. All right, the family is targeted. I love this, too. The family is targeted to destroy the next generation because the next generation equals potential. All right, so in other words, the enemy is trying to come in and get our children because our children equal potential. Some of you are already doing some great works for the Lord. We have some great teachers in Lighthouse. We have uh, 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 some people that are real good with evangelism in Lighthouse. Uh, Good preachers that are here. You're already doing a work for the Lord. I wonder what our children are going to be doing at our age. All right, I bet the devil's wondering too. And there's potential that's there. And if he can snuff that potential out right now, uh, then, you know, it's, it'll save him in the long run. All right, so um, a few things on your take action here, and you guys can take these home and just, you know, kind of read over them. Uh, but one of the things I liked on the practical application was uh, they're telling us to commit to praying for our children every day at a specific time, at a specific time. I like that. All right, so discuss with your spouse, when's it going to be, and, and everything. And then set an alarm on your phone as a reminder to pray, and then ignore everything else during this time where you can focus in and just have a specific prayer for your, chi- or for your child or your children. Uh, I love, too, he talks about memorizing Scripture. After you begin praying for your child, set aside uh, a time each night to pray with them. Uh, as well so we're we're praying for them uh, uh, you know by ourselves we're memorizing scriptures to give them and guide them and then we can uh, then begin to to pray with our children uh, at night and, and one of the things that I've learned is that the Lord speaks to you in your alone prayer about your children instead and, and, and I mean he can but I'm just saying when you have that alone time with him he can speak to you at that point before you have prayer with your child that night. Uh, it's the isolation to me of, of being in relationship with God uh, where you're able to talk one-on-one with him that he's most open with us. So um, even and, and praying with our kids at home, this seemingly simple activity will not only teach your child about the importance of prayer, but it will plant a seed in their heart and will benefit them for years to come. On the back page, there's additional resources as well that you can look at. All right, so a few things that I felt like that, w- that were applicable to this, um, we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and just read here. Verse number thirty five is a very familiar verse to lighthouse because I I talk about it quite a bit, but I want to dig into it a little bit here tonight, and then you know for the first part. The Bible says, And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction, that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. The ESV version says, I say unto you for your own benefit, not to lay any resistance upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. It's good. So undivided devotion to the Lord. That's what, that's what the writer here is trying to secure and promote, okay? Now, who is he talking to? He's talking to the unmarrieds. When you look up at verse number 32, he says, I would not have you to be uh, uh, careful. He that is unmarried care for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married care for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Then it talks about the unmarried woman as well. So, in other words, there is a specific time that God has designed to get close to you, all right? And all of you you that are... uh, that are younger, that aren't married here tonight, there's a specific time that God has designed in your life before marriage that you can focus in on Him, all right, and draw close to Him and become that man or become that woman that God has designed you to be. It's very important that you know certain things before you get married, all right? If you don't know how you believe before you get married, Then at that point you're really setting yourself up to marry somebody that may not believe the way you do. All right, and and let's go even further than that. If you don't know the direction that God has you, I'm not talking about you know your itinerary for life. A lot of times it don't come that way, but the direction that God has called you to be in. Then if you marry somebody who is not uh, compatible with you, all right in in your calling, then that's going to cause problems as well. All right, so it's what I'm trying to get across, and for us parents that are here, when it comes to social media and when it comes to screen time, if we're allowing that vital time in their lives to be taken up with distractions, then they're losing out on a very, very important uh, season of their life that they need to be drawn close to God. and they need to be hearing God. They need to be getting that relationship with God. So let's just let's take a look here. One of the things too I wanted to bring out uh, that I really hadn't hadn't really, today I was reading the chapter, uh, verse number 29 uh, through 31, Uh, Is talking about advice to married Christians. And at the bottom, in verse number 31, it says, And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. And I'm going to tell you guys, Facebook is actually on a downhill right now. Instagram is on an uphill. Snapchats on an uphill. These things are going to change back and forth. Guess what? You 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 know you got your your two thousand, or you you met the mark on Instagram with two thousand friends. Next year, it'll be something else, and you'll be trying to get as many likes and as many friends next year as you were for this year. There'll be a new device out or a new social network out, and if you're constantly chasing after whatever's popular, then you're constantly going to be running after. But I want to tell you something. There is something that you can find that will outlive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's something that you can have in God that it's not going to pass away. And, and when you get into that relationship with him, and then let's go deeper. There's relationships that you can have with your family, building relationships in the home. You can build face-to-face relationship with friends that will last for a lifetime. I guarantee you tonight we've got some of our elders that are here. I could ask them about friends that they probably still stay in contact with that they've known for the majority of their life. Somebody who's gotten who's 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 gotten into their life at a young age, or maybe somebody who's gotten into their life at at uh, uh, at thirty and forty years old that they've that they've grown up with that they can call and they can, maybe it's a son, maybe it's a daughter, maybe it's a, maybe it's a friend, maybe whatever it is, but they took the time and they developed a relationship and they went places with them and they had conversations with them and it wasn't just a text and it wasn't just, but it was face to face and it was building relationships. All right. Those are things that will last. All right. So let's take a look here. I'm going to talk about two different battle plans here tonight. Let's take a look at the the two battle plans. Satan's battle plan, this is what he wants you to do here tonight. Number one, the first thing that that he wants you to do, and we we just brought it out in the scripture in 1 Corinthians, he wants to distract you. Now, I want you to hear this. The enemy doesn't have to make you find sin. He just has to help you lose your salvation the Bible doesn't say if you commit a murder I'll spew you out of my mouth it says if you're lukewarm so in other words if nobody in here is is thinking in your mind that you want to go commit a murder tonight then Satan's probably not gonna tempt you with that but what he will tempt you with is distraction distracting you from your calling distracting you from your ministry distracting you from walking in the Spirit, as the Bible says, distracting you from that, from your, your daily involvement uh, uh, in the kingdom of God and in this warfare that we're going in. If he can just distract you, then, number one, he doesn't have to worry about your effectiveness because you're not going to be effective, and then, number two, then he doesn't have to worry about your salvation because God's not coming back for a church that's sitting back. It's coming back for a church that's on fire, Amen. So it's important for us not to be distracted. So his first first part of his battle plan is distraction. So he wants to distract. Number two, he desires to disorient. Now what this means is to make someone lose their sense of direction. All right? Make someone feel confused. All right, so number one, we're being distracted by our phones. We're being distracted by this thing, that thing. We, when we go into Walmart, we don't have a chance for the Holy Ghost to speak to us about the person behind the, the counter because we didn't even see him crying because we were so distracted by social networking or by the screen. You see what I'm saying? You all are looking at me now. All right. Is distracted by these things, okay? So if he distracts us, now here's where it, where it comes into to uh, battle plan number two, which is disorient. The enemy makes you feel isolated and even weird for not being like everyone else. But the Bible tells us that we're not supposed to be like everyone else. All right? So what I'm saying is that if we're spending more time thinking about the things of the world and in the world and, and I know that we're in the world but we're not of the world All right. in other words we, that's the reason why he said let this mind be in you pray without ceasing all these different things because he realized that we have to stay connected uh, to this because the enemy is trying to get us to, to quit looking at the things that are spiritual and he's trying to get us distracted by looking at the other things and if we can feed ourselves enough from the outside influences, then all of a sudden, we begin to look at them as the the way to live. And we're weird. And we're, I I want you to know tonight, you're not weird. You're living the way that God designed you to live. Hallelujah. So what are you saying, Brother Jared, I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you will allow the, and I, and I see this a lot in our youth, Uh, you know, they're, there uh, we talked about envy, you know, uh, uh, yesterday about how how the mind of our children work. We talked about envy. We we see them, and here they are. They're they're looking at things on social network. All of a sudden, they see this person who's posted something. You know, it's the best of of you know 52 pictures that was taken. You know, with with all the filters on it. You see what I'm saying? I mean, they look so nice. And and then the, the 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 girl looks in the mirror and says, Why can't I look that nice? How do I get to the point to where I can look that nice? And then they'll begin doing things. Now, let me take it even a step further than that. When you begin to get disoriented, you begin to see how that everybody else's posts uh, uh, are, are getting all these likes when they're when they're when they're, they're not looking the way that they need to look, and they're taking pictures that they shouldn't be taking taking pictures of and posting things that they shouldn't be posting but all of a sudden so and so the guy down the street or this person or that person is beginning to like those things and so what the, the 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 mind of a of a young person of a little especially a teenage girl would be this or a preteen girl would be this i must have to look like that to be liked and you begin to you you begin to to lose your place does that make sense Now, I want to go a little, a step further than this and tell the guys that are in here, please don't like those type of things. If somebody doesn't look good, don't go in there and don't comment about how how pretty it is if they look seductive, all right? That's not pretty, okay? All right? That's seductive is what that is, all right? So it's important for us to promote those things so but what are you saying brother jerry i'm telling you that we start getting distracted and all those distractions begin to feed us to the point that we're disoriented all right so not caring about uh, uh uh so what are you saying the enemy makes you feel isolated and even weird for not being like everyone else not caring about what they care about not believing what they believe satan is a master at causing disorientation In a young mind, all of a sudden, things start popping out like, I just don't belong. All right, so we see, I found the fly. It's here. Welcome. All right, so you can probably take that one out, man. So why Satan attacks the battle plan? Distract. Disorient, all right? And then it continues, the process continues to go to I'm distracted. In other words, I'm, you know, I, I'm not really paying attention to what I need to. I'm paying attention. I'm like, I'm like uh, uh, Peter on, on the sea. Instead of keeping my eyes focused on God, I'm focusing my eyes on everything else that's causing waves and everything around us all right into disorientation now uh, i'm 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 losing my sense of direction i'm feeling confused yes That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's good. Don't let that outside influence. Yeah. Don't let it influence your parenting. Right. That's good. So don't allow for other parenting styles to affect yours. All right? So distract, disorient, and then it leads to disengage. Over time, distraction and disorientation will lead you to disengagement. Now you're more excited about the Instagram group than the youth group. let that sink in just for a minute, okay? All right, you're more excited about what's going on out there than what's going on in here, and you stop showing up, young people, to the youth events and the Bible studies and the youth rallies, but you're definitely not going to miss what happened in the group, the social group. You see what I'm saying? All right, you're more excited about the newest movie than a Holy Spirit move. All right, a miracle doesn't—I like this. A miracle doesn't phase you because you just watched a man that was faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive and able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Let me ask you something parents if we allow our children to feed continually off of that off of something that is not reality it's really hard for them to come back to reality. They look at somebody just got you know just got healed of a fever and they say You know, who cares about that? I mean, I just, you should have seen what I just watched at home. You see what I'm saying? It's not reality. And they begin to live in a place that's not reality. Okay, so that's the reason why that we have to, to, number one, be careful about what they're watching. And then number two, we have to not allow them to do it continually. All right? It becomes their life. All of a sudden, the counterfeit is more exciting. The fake relationships are substituted. The reality of God and church family are fading away, and the enemy is promising something, listen, that it will never deliver. All right? Doesn't matter how many likes that you get on Instagram, that's not like talking to a person. Okay? All right, no matter how you feel that you need to change to be something that can get, that doesn't matter. All right, so I, I call it over-promising and under-delivering. over-promising and under-delivering. That's what, that's what the enemy does. They overpromise and they underdeliver. So First off, distract, disorient, disengage, and then finally, the ultimate goal is to destroy. John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy, I am come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. So we know that the thief is here, just as we heard on the uh, uh, video here tonight uh, He's still He's still here Alright, he's I know that, that the battle is won But the flesh is still here And he's still fighting against us And he's still good at what he does Alright, so We have to be Looking out for the little things And having a plan And a battle plan ourselves because if we don't then it's our families will be destroyed if we allow that influence from the outside if we are living life our family life in such a way that we're living according to what everybody else is doing then basically at that point you know what are we what, what are we accomplishing at that point we're going to end in destruction we're going to end in destruction all right, so that's Satan's battle plan. How many of you guys would like to end on a good note? <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about God's battle plan. Test. I got a backup right here, too. So God's battle, if, if Satan's battle plan is to, number one, distract us, then God's first course of action is to give us focus. Give us focus. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 3 said, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be. Now, think about the way that this is written. I'm going to bring another scripture out as well. Um, so, in in other words, it's, it doesn't say think about it and then do it. Let me try this one over here. I might just hold like three or four of them. Wait for sure, keep it. All right. I think we're doing the same thing on this one too. All right. So, So he's saying, work, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall. It starts with a commitment to action. Right? It starts with a commitment to action. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, I, I love this. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So invest in prayer, young person, and you'll find you can't get enough of it. All right, invest in reading and study, and you'll hunger for more. When when you begin to live in that way where you're willing to step out, all right, yes, Peter was focused on God, but his focus on God came with step after step after step drawing close to him. All right, people that were on the ship that were looking at Christ, they were still sinking. But Peter, as he moved forward towards Christ, was on top of the water. All right, so what are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you that we have to to step out there. So what are you saying? I'm saying that when you invest, your heart will follow. When you invest, your heart will follow. It's not, all right, It's not where my heart is, there will my treasure be, but it's where my treasure is, there will my heart be. All right? So, God's battle plan is to give you focus. God's battle plan, young person tonight, is to give you stability. Yeah, I know Satan was looking to disorient you, but God's looking to give you stability in your life. Not for you to come to a point where you don't know where you're at, but for you to come to the point that you know exactly where you're at. You know who you are and you know whose you are. All right. Psalms chapter 16, verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Did you just hear that? So why is it important for us to make sure that we keep God before our phones? and our screen time, and whenever we do pray and get, and get our alone time with God, that it's not our alone time and Marco Polo or our alone time with God and, you know, our, our groups and our social media. And it's important for us to be able to put it down and to focus in on God. Why? Because the Bible says, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Because he's at my right hand. All right, in other words, he is priority in my life. He takes priority over my phone, he takes priority over my screen time. I don't know that a text is coming in during prayer time because my phone's off. All right, I'm not answering emails. As I'm trying to have my devotion time with God, I'm not listening to the Bible as I'm posting something on Instagram. No, I'm not doing that. This is my alone time with God. Why? Because he is priority in my life. Anybody ever looked at your spouse and said, hey, can you please put that phone down so you can pay attention to what I'm telling you? Anybody ever said that? I've heard my wife said that to me a few times. Can can you put that phone down? See, I wonder sometimes if God's looking at us saying, could you put that phone down so I could could talk to you and and, and answer the prayer you've been praying for a month? Come on now. What are you saying, Brother Jerry? God wants you to be stable, but what you have to understand is that stability doesn't come on your strength. Stability comes on God's strength. And so if you want to be stable in your Christian life, if you're tired of of sinning all the time, I just can't live right. I just can't. I can tell you what what one of your number one problems are. You're not putting God first. It's just as simple as that, guys. You're not putting God. And I know that there's other things that other players can come in. But if, if somebody really, truly loves the Lord, And they're really truly doing everything that they possibly can to draw close to Him. The writer says it right here. I have set the Lord always before me. He takes priority in my life. He goes before me, and I put Him before me, all right? Because He is at my right hand. Because He's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. When He's not there, I'm not stable. But when God is where he's supposed to be, then I am where I'm supposed to be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you that, that the enemy wants to disorient you, but God wants you to be stable. Hallelujah. He wants you to be stable. How are we going to do that? We're going to have to make God a priority. We're going to have to put him above Instagram. We cannot we cannot give God the leftovers. And expect for us to live a good Christian life. All right. The enemy's too strong for that. We need God. So we have. Focus. Stability, engagement. We have disengagement with Satan. But Acts chapter 13, verse 47 says, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. I have set thee to be a light. You are the light of the world. Hallelujah. We're the light of the world. God needs for his church to be engaged in the community, in the church. All right? In in our, what he needs from us is for us to stop getting arguments with people on Facebook and to start truly looking to, to serve people in our community. Hallelujah. Putting something on Facebook that's a, That's a positive thing. Being an encouraging word to somebody. Going throughout our day without distraction. Stable in God. Looking and praying for an opportunity for us to be engaged in the battle that's going on between good and evil until the end of the days. I'm going to tell you, God desires to use you in this war. I said He desires to you. And I'm going to tell you what the number one thing is that we're dealing with. People, they feel insignificant. Young people that don't feel like that they can do anything for God. Satan has lied to you to the point that you don't feel like that you're capable of witnessing or that you're capable of doing something. So what do you do? You get lost in a world that has no reality when God's saying, Son, if you would just follow after me, if you would make me a priority... In your life, you don't know the awesome things that I could do through you. So I want to encourage you here tonight. Be that person that lets God know I'm, I'm number one, going to be focused. Put you where you need to be in my life and be stable. And then use me. I want to be engaged. I want to be engaged. And then when we do those three things, then the last thing is here. Now we know that Satan is his ultimate goal. Is found in John 10 10. Thief cometh not but for to steal and kill and destroy. But listen to this. I am come. That they may have life. And that they may have it more abundantly. What's God's design for you? Is to live the best life that's out there it's not a a life that's problem-free no but it is a rich life so the last point here is rich living God has designed for you he, he he wants to give you focus give you stability give you engagement and give you rich living I like John ten ten. the NLT says it like this the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. A rich and satisfying life. God's design for you is rich living. Rich living. So Satan has a design. Satan has a battle plan. He has a place where he wants you to end up. And what we find is in this battle, we're talking about, we're talking about here, here today why does Satan attack the youth? Why is Satan in this thing? The spiritual battle that's going on. Satan's battle plan is distract, disorient, disengage, and destroy. God's battle plan is to give you focus, give you stability, engagement, and rich living that at the end of your life you'll be able to look back and say, It didn't matter to me how many likes. All right. That at the end of it, somebody wouldn't say, man, that guy was a pretty awesome guy. He always put funny stuff on Facebook or on Instagram or on social media. Don't really want to be known for that, do you? How about somebody coming to your graveside and saying, he won me to the Lord. about somebody going and saying, you know how many times that I've heard things about my grandpa? The other day I was talking to a guy. He said he was young, just started just started uh, this, uh, started evangelizing. said he went to a youth camp. Didn't have enough money to make it out of there. He said he had enough gas to get to the youth camp, and that was it. He said, Brother George Davis Sr. was there at the youth camp, for a few days or so, and he was going to his next revival. And he said, just at, just just a, uh, one night they were fixing to go to bed, kind of talking about what they were going to do. They didn't have enough money to get to the next place either. So he goes up, knocks on the door, or they hear a knock on the door and come, and there's George Davis Sr. He came in, and he kind of talked to him a little bit and encouraged him. Young evangelist just hitting the road. And he at the end of it, as he began to walk out, Brother Price said that he pulled a fifty dollar bill out. And he gave him a fifty dollar bill. He said, Lord bless you, brother. Hope this helps you get to the next place. That's what I want to be known for. What is that? That's being sensitive. That's that's being intentional. That's being engaged. That's living for a purpose that's what I want at the end of this life nobody's gonna care what you put on Instagram nobody's gonna be caring about what how many likes you got or how many friends that you totaled it's going to be your personal touches your intentional moments that your children will hear about when you pass